it's Ellie here. We're recording this show a little bit earlier than advertised on the evening of Thursday the 21st of December 2012. We decided that it would be a good idea to do this show while we had overindulged. We thought that we should mark this occasion, or at least to have one show over the course of the whole year, where we were not quite sober, where we had allowed substances of one or another to take control of our minds. So, this is only Harrison. It is Thursday, the 20th of December. It is approximately 2.30 in the morning and I'm sat on my own in the flat faced with a platter of pakoras of various vegetarian varieties including chips and onion rings and onion pakoras of all different descriptions. Oliver has made his way to the co-op just down the road, as we like to support cooperative enterprises, to buy some tobacco so that we can truly overindulge in this session. Not only do we have a platter of fried goods laid out in front of us, but we will also have cigarettes, we will also have alcohol, and we will also potentially have other substances to indulge with over the course of the next half an hour. So, listeners, please be advised, it is not Friday afternoon, it is not the time that you think that you're listening to, it is actually a much seedier time, it is much later in the evening, I'm awaiting Oliver's return, and they, we will truly overindulge with you, listeners, it is our second to last show, this is the second to last time that you will hear us together. We want this to be special. We want this to be a night to remember. Therefore, listeners, please bear with me. I will await Oliver's return, and we will make this an alien Oliver show to remember. Let us indulge together. Episode shows, whatever we call them. I live with this lady. She's called Elena Harrison. We. Oui. <laughs> She's an interesting lady. Yeah. I was going to call her a criminal. I thought you were going to call me a cunt. No, no, no. It's another C word. They're all the same. I'm sure Jean Genet would give a similar sort of... Well, actually, I don't think you'd be so interested in the C with the U following. <laughs> anyway, my name is Oliver Braid. 
And I live with Ella Harrison. I've lived with her for three and a half years. We? We? Uh, and um, as some keen listeners might know, I'm moving out quite soon. Yeah. Can you imagine, can anyone imagine what I'm going to be like? Well, you're going to be in France. I'm going to be in France. That's very true. That is very true. But I'm, I mean, mostly, what I'm, th- I'm thinking of France as a sort of rehabilitation <laughs> period. <laughs> Can you? Well, both of us will be in this rehabilitation and then we'll both be back in the city and we'll be completely different friends. I think it's going to be so... I was just saying to Ellie before the radio show started, she was... I can't remember what you were saying. It was only a couple of minutes ago, but obviously we're indulging tonight. But I was saying, like, God, can you imagine? At some point next year, I'm just going to say to you, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Or like, like, and there will be no repercussion. It was because I was going to tell you off about something. I think I was going to tell you off about, well, not wanting to start the show when I wanted to start the show. Hmm. Being a bit tardy. And I was going to say, yeah. Oliver, get a bloody move on, please. But the reason that I'm tardy... Yeah. And I would say, right... As you say I'm tardy, I mean, yes. Tardy on your time, considering it's nearly three in the morning. Yeah. The reason I'm tardy is because we had no Rizzlers in the whole house. And communally, without prompt, I volunteered to go and buy some king-size Rizzlers. I volunteered to buy this platter of fried goods. Well, that's true, but I also gave you £3.40 towards it. So it was a communal share. It wasn't like you just volunteered like Joan of Arc or something. How sweet of you. I thought I had. No, I, I'm the one that skipped along to co-op and fell down the fucking stairs, slipped over on my ass, just so I can get some Rizzler. How do they make these onion rings so bright red? Oh, I think it's best not to ask, but I should imagine it's to do with just natural herbs and spices. I shouldn't think it's anything to do with GSME or whatever it's called, GSME. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think it's good. But I tell you, Eleanor, uh-huh. last week, while we're on the subject of indulgences, because uh-huh. I know we are, my friend Charlotte Estel, I'd, I'll give her a shout out. She works for the Disney store and she sent me some illicit goods oh. from Disney. She's actually being made redundant, so it doesn't matter if they hear it. So it's fine. Anyway, she sent me some beautiful things. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you can see it. And... I sorry, temporarily I forgot completely what I was telling you the story. The reason I was telling you is because she's been a vegetarian since early two thousand. She came to Glasgow and she really desperately wanted to eat a fried Mars bar. And halfway through I was just like, Shit, that is Defo's fried in beef. You should totally not eat that. Yeah. She had a little bit, but then she did send me a text to say thanks for telling me about the Mars bar. Actually she sent me a handwritten letter. Did she eat the Mars bar? No. Um not once she realised. This is the thing about being a vegan. How well, terrible it is. For those listeners that aren't aware, I am actually, most of the time, a, a vegan. hardcore, dedicated vegan. I too many listeners who aren't aware of the... I can't imagine there's too many listeners, full stop. Well, but <laughs> no, but I tell you, do you know what? I think we should say this. From the Alien Oliver show, a massive shout... Recently, our numbers have been sneaking up again. But what I want to say is a massive big shout out to the faithful 18 mm-hmm. or 19 listeners who tuned in every fucking week. It's been amazing. There's always, if there's no one else, there's always that 18 or 19. One's and so, my sister. so, big shout out to them. One's your sister, one will be your mum and dad. Mm-hmm. 
That's three. Three of us, because I listened to it three times. <laughs> so that's it. So I say a big shout out to 13 and lucky for something. Are we indulging? I'm not sure. <sighs> I don't know. Well, I'm we, we're to certainly indulge. indulging. I think we're going to take a picture so you just can see the, the, the platter that is, uh, is out. Uh, it's I made in front of us. I'm smoking but in the lounge. I'm interested in that, what that girl said and like. What the that idea girl said? Yeah, Which your friend. Girl? Which girl? Charlotte Estelle? Yeah, I'm interested in that and this idea of like. She didn't say much, she just realised she was eating a Mars bar full of beef. I know, but that's what I'm interested in because as a vegan, well, my life is very restricted, as some listeners may know. Like being a vegan, you impose rules on yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You say. I'm not going to do this. But there's nobody, there's no higher power saying why you shouldn't be doing that. There's nobody saying why you should be watching out and why you should be, like, not eating those foods. So, like, as a vegan, no matter how drunk you get, you have to impose those rules on yourself. And occasionally you fall by the wayside, especially when you don't have other vegans to keep an eye on you. Well, I think it's difficult for dairy Mm -hmm. or for the very finickety... Or whatever it's called, whatever that word is, finickety. What do, what do you think so. it's called? Finickety. Those vegans, uh-huh. they're very tricky. Yeah. But with a more licentious vegan, yeah. well, Ellie's saying yes, but she's actually walked away from the microphone. That's how indulgent she is. I could say anything right now. I could say absolutely anything. There's nothing. I mean, the thing is, I've lived with Ellie for three and a half years. There's nothing shocking that I would say right now that I wouldn't say anyway. But the vibe is really with vegans. Yeah. Is I think it is to do with some kind of power, some kind of self-power, some kind of self-control, some kind of maintaining control over the world. And I know that I'm reading this in a very sort of, oh yes, a sort of, Ellie's taken quite a boozy photo of me. I'll be taking one of Ellie's subsequently. Put some food into your mouth. Let's see you eat something. Let's see you eat something vegan. Get something red inside your mouth. Come on, chew it. Yes, yes, yes. Very beautiful. What I was going to say before I did it was that mm-hmm. the reason I was speaking in this way where it sounds like poetry <laughs> is because... Do your Sylvia Plath thing. I don't know, but this is the vibe, right? I mean, this is the thing that I thought about a lot this week. Is this Tell week... Us. I might have talked about it before, but one of the problems I think is... Or one of the things I notice about myself when I go to the studio, and I think this is nice for artists, if that is... <laughs> Is that sometimes on the way to the studio, I listen to music. And sometimes I don't. And I've noticed about myself is that I'm much more likely to have a shit today if I listen to music. It's weird, isn't it? It's weird for a radio show to say that. But you know, when I was a kid, I've never said this to you before because it seemed irrelevant, but... Yeah. When I was a kid, I was very frightened of listening to certain albums before I went to school. Yeah. Because I thought if I listened to them, I'd have a really bad day because I was obsessed with it, myself having bad luck. Or mm-hmm. bad luck or good luck, depending on what happened, what I did. Yeah. It was, you know, one of those people, it's quite metaphysical in a way. You know, if you use a certain soap. A certain, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, would, but I was brought up in the house. Like my, my parents wouldn't cross on the stairs or, you know... Any of those vibes that had this kind of very... Well, <laughs> any of these kind of vibes that had a superstitious vibe. But, like, anything like that, I was taught, you know, step on a knife before you pick it up again if you drop a knife. 
can't pick a knife up as soon as you drop it. Those kind of things I was taught. So, um, yeah, uh, recently I've begun to realize that it's not really about superstition. It's actually just like, if you listen to music, right, the thing is, I've talked about this on the show before. If you listen to music, I just think you project yourself into that music and then you feel that for the rest of the day. And what it does is it steals thoughts from you i've noticed my most thoughtful days are when i don't indulge fantasy living mm-hmm. by listening to music and projecting my personality or my life onto those songs if i just mm-hmm. take all of that away and stop indulging that mm-hmm. and i say no you're a human being mm-hmm. you've got to actually think about the horrible things that are happening to you or the thing, or I don't want to make it like that. But Not all just the, you, the whole human yeah. race. Well, mostly I think about the horrible things that are happening to me. But well, obviously. one of the reasons for that, no, but Ellie, it's important actually because I want to talk about it during the show, during indulgences. The the the, 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 the track that I've chosen, which I'll play later, you can maybe play. It I now. think it's responsible. You can for, play it now. for one of my indulgences. Okay, well let me t- right so. In the last couple of shows, I've talked about, like, I didn't have a very nice time at school. No. Well, I had a nice time until I became about 13, 14, and everyone became aware of sexuality. I'm pointing a finger at you. I was very aware of my own sexuality before that, but I became more aware of how other people were aware of it, and that's the problem. That's horrible. And then at home, obviously, it wasn't ideal either. So... Well, I think what what I've been thinking about a lot this week, really, to do with my own work, is that what happened was, um, in my county, I'm from Worcestershire. My uh-huh. county is one of the last counties in England. It won't be relevant for Scottish listeners, but um, my county is one of the last counties that changed from rather than having primary and secondary school, we had first school, middle school, and high school. Me too. And, oh, did you? Oh, I suppose, yeah, you changed. You were before the change because you were five years older than me. In England. I've spoken about this on my blog before. I might have spoken about it on the show, but my drama teacher, because I had a private drama teacher because I wanted to be an actor, my parents indulged it because they wanted me to go to prep school, so they thought it would be better if I spoke, but actually... And you I thought that you'd be much straighter if you didn't go to fucking prep school. Well, actually, I don't know if I ever told you this, but, you know, my parents wanted me to go to prep school when I was in year four, mm-hmm. and this is so fucked up because I must have been like nine or ten. My parents wanted me to go to prep school the next year for year five, but I wanted to go to the middle school with all my friends. So to get out of it, I told my headmistress... I can't remember exactly what I told her. But what I remember telling her now... Sorry, you have that. Thanks We're passing that. something. We won't talk about it. Deutschy from coast to coast. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told my headmistress... This is what I remember. Ellie, you take that back so nicely. It's so good. I think I told my headmistress that my mum was abusing me in the bath. And I think I used it as a bargaining chip. This is the start of my fucked up life. I think I used it as a bargaining chip not to go to prep school. That's this what I remember. This is what happens if you have an only child. Anyone that's listening has one child and is thinking about maybe not having another one. Yeah. I think you should have another one. Yeah, you should have two. if you only have two, this is how fucked up. If you have go. one, it's a horror show and you'll blame them for everything, you know? I mean, this uh, we talked about this last week, but uh, one of the vibes in my childhood was being told by my two, parents. Yeah, if you had one, spread the blame. ruin the marriage. Mm. 
It's really shaped the way I think. But What's so yes. Tune? Anyway, so yeah, I said that, and that was the beginning. But when I got to about thirteen, and I, I realized that people weren't at school weren't very into me, and at home people weren't very into me. What happened? I you talked about it last week. Me, yeah. I hadn't met you. Yet. I had other or friends. Nancy and I did Sally. have other friends. Nancy and Sally. Shout out. I haven't had a shout out, but they need a shout out. My friends Nancy and Sally, they guided me through. But the the thing is, at that time, I felt so alone oh, that I um, spent a lot of time fantasizing about fake lives. Yeah. Uh, or uh, learning from other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And one of the other people, I mean, this is terrible. And this is a terrible person. Imagine the worst person that you could possibly learn about life from. Who's one of the most indulgent. I mean, uh, the, what she writes is beautiful, but when you think about her, you just think, you are so indulgent. Sylvia so Plath. I chose this Sylvia Plath. This is one of the first people. Even it's almost like, well, no, I connected with art. My art teacher in 1997 when I was 13, my art teacher said, there's this great show in London. You have to go and see it. So my dad took me to see it, indulging me. And it was sensation. Your dad took you. And my, me and my dad, it was amazing. My dad was reprimanded at the, Royal, at the Royal Academy. Tony, he was told off by one of the invigilators because he crawled inside Tracy Emin's tent. Would you think for Tracy Emin, it would be like a dream come true I think at that Tony point. Would, I think Tony would have got Tony on well Tracy, with Tracy. Yeah, I think they'd have a lot in common. But... You should have got in so there. So, via Tracy Emin and... Some kind of horrible confessional story living. I became a story living is something I'm very interested in at the moment when you project your life into the future and you begin to read your life through other people's lives. This is really something because I think a lot of people do it. You know, you see heroes or people and you see their lives and you begin to think they can guide you through, especially if you feel like you can't connect with anyone else. Then but you look begin at to Tracy Emin, she's a fucking talker. Well, I know, now. but imagine these t- <laughs> imagine these people that I was learning from. And as, as Sylvia would say, I learned, I learned from muses unhired by you, exactly. dear mother. <laughs> but this is the, I mean, the, 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 the problem is like, I learned these poems off by heart. And I, I learned this stuff because I... Uh, anyway, in terms of indulgence, I think this is a lady <laughs> who. So we're not even going to hear a song. We're are gonna we? no. We're gonna hear some Sylvia Plath. So I we do is some this Plath. her? Yeah, it's Plath reading her poem. And which poem she reading? Well, I don't know what year this is from, but what I think when we hear it, if any Plath scholars are listening, then well, they'll know the date. But if any Plath amateurs, such as myself, are listening. I would average it post-1960. I think it's in the last three years of her life. I think it's when Ted Hughes is having an affair. And Okay, so this poem is called Fever mm-hmm. 103. Wow. There's lots of references. One of the things I learned this week, actually, one of the references, the auto de fe, which is when people were led through the streets prior to their execution of the Spanish uh, Inquisition. Inquisition. (laughs) Inquisition. And they still didn't know their fate. Um, But the the metaphor in the poem is someone who's being burnt. And what they do, and we have to assume, like, Sylvia, right? So it's about a woman who's being burnt, who isn't Sylvia Plath, but simultaneously, obviously, is Sylvia Plath. And she's being burnt because, you know, she's having this horrible time. She assumes her husband's having an affair, which obviously he is. Um, all of these things I just took on board. I indulged myself in these 
fantasy. Oh, just as she indulged herself. Yeah, I, I took it on board. And that's why I think, like, when you listen to this poem, it's interesting because it has my... F- one of my... Right, so my favourite line ever of Sylvia Plath where we're talking about um, indulgences is someone borrowed one of her books while she was at university. I love it. I think that you'd identify with this. I mm-hmm. imagine you thinking this. Someone borrowed one of her books. Imagine this without asking her. One of her new books that she just bought. She had it in her drawer. And they borrowed it without asking. They lived in her dorm or whatever. And they made notes in it. They wrote all over. Like they made notes in it and underlined it. And in her journal for that period, she said, I felt as if I'd been raped by an alien. And I think it's such so beautiful, so histrionic. I feel um, like that every day when I live in my flat. <laughs> being right to get this alien out of my flat but the thing is right so i love that line but my poet poetically i liked a lot of plath but in the last couple of weeks i've been listening to her again trying to listen to her as as an adult and not indulge myself and one of the lines i listened to in this poem that i think is really beautiful is she says like uh i don't know if it's right but because you'll hear the poem so soon afterwards we'll be able to judge it but i think what she says is I feel the smoke billow from me, like Isadora's scarves, like Isadora Duncan. And then she says, Mm -hmm. no, this is really nice. The arrangement of words is so beautiful. She says, I'm in a fright. One scarf will catch on the wheel. And so, but what, what she's talking about is Spanish Inquisition, torture, and then being on fire flames and this idea oh this other really beautiful line where she says like darling yes sweetheart all night i have been flickering off and on off and on all these things like because that for me that's a time of indulgence but no but i think that you might identify with this like imagine you know like when well no you might not because you're always with john but imagine this post john imagine this idea like you're in bed and you're on your own. Oh, yeah, because I've not experienced <laughs> that. But simultaneously, you know that someone else that you love is in bed with someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what she's talking about there. Like, I've been flickering off and on, off and on. Like this idea, like, it's just on your mind consistently. So, but instead of just dealing with it, <laughs> she writes this poem that is about purgatory and is about being on fire Mm. but through the fire what happens is that she becomes she talks a lot about the idea of being pure she for me i feel like i used to buy into it but now i feel like it's pure indulgence that like through that fire that she talks about she becomes better than everybody else and then so i feel like i learned it and i feel like it shaped my life in such a frightening way for the last kind of 15 years and it's only really been towards the end of this year through this show and through everything else i've been thinking about that i hope other people have been listening to that i feel like i learned that this is a really fucked up thing to write well let's listen fever 103 pure What does it mean? The tongues of hell are dull, dull as the triple tongues of dull, fat Cerberus who wheezes at the gate. Incapable of licking clean the ague tendon, the sin, the sin. O Otto da Fe, the purple men, gold-crusted, thick with spleen, 
sit with their hooks and crooks and stoke the light. The tinder cries, the indelible smell of a snuffed candle. Love, love, the low smokes roll from me like Isadora's scarves. I'm in a fright one scarf will catch an anchor in the wheel. Such yellow sullen smokes make their own element. They will not rise, but trundle round the globe, choking the aged and the meek, the weak hothouse baby in its crib, the ghastly orchid hanging its hanging garden in the air. Devilish leopard, radiation turned it white and killed it in an hour. Greasing the bodies of adulterers like Hiroshima ash and eating in the sin, the sin. Darling, all night I have been flickering, off, on, off, on. The sheets grow heavy as a lecher's kiss. Three days, three nights. Lemon water, chicken water, water make me rich. I am too pure for you or anyone. Your body hurts me as the world hurts God. I am a lantern. My head a moon of Japanese paper, my gold-beaten skin infinitely delicate and infinitely expensive. Does not my heat astound you and my light? All by myself I am a huge camellia, glowing and coming and going, flush on flush. I think I am going up. I think I may rise. The beads of hot metal fly, and I, love, I am a pure acetylene virgin, attended by roses, by kisses, by cherubim, by whatever these pink things mean. Not you, nor him, nor him, nor him. Myself dissolving old whore petticoats to paradise. <laughs> That's what you are listening to now. And that was Sylvia Path doing her indul- self-indulgent spiel in quite a amazing American accent, actually. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I love hearing Sylvia Path's voice. It's so, like, like a combo of British and American. I think it's so weird. It's I like know. she's trying to be posh at the same time. I don't know what she's doing. I just totally dozed off and in and out and flickered on and off yeah. to you and the whatever. Me too, like in the first section. Yeah. I, I think it's quite hypnotic, but it's difficult to tell whether it's like, oh shit, Ellie, you know, we've still got that other naughty. Yeah, we have. But Oliver, didn't you weren't you telling me earlier how embarrassing it was and all these kids are listening to Sylvia Park? I want to eat half of that onion ring. I can't believe you ate that and didn't indulge me. Elliot all her onion rings while she was away. <sighs> anyway, I don't think we should get too heavy in the old Sylvia Plath because yeah. it, we don't want to indulge ourselves. Uh, no, I just I think like like what she did was indulgent. Mm-hmm. Um what I do subsequently, or what I have done in the past, has been indulgent. <laughs> and um, so let's have some fun now. Let's have a nice fun time. No, but I think we're not going to let Sylvia get us down. No, it's. I think like if we can learn anything from Sylvia Plath, is like 
we can have a nice time. It's mm-hmm. all alright, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's that's generally the message. No, but I did see someone reading the bell jar on the underground the other day, and I just really wanted to be like, look, it's going to be okay. Like, everything that you feel right now is going to be okay, and you I don't have so. to get so sucked into it. Oh. Oh. But I think we should really change the tempo no, right. of this evening's entertainment, because it is like... The penultimate show. The penultimate show, and... It's quite a wild evening. Mm-hmm. It has been quite wild. <laughs> well, we went dancing, didn't we? Yeah, I think we did a little bit of dancing. We we went. Oh, I don't know. We did a we lot. We danced. We um <laughs> did something a bit outrageous. I think so. <laughs> oh no! It <laughs> sounds like we've killed someone. We Bloody haven't. hell! We haven't killed anyone. <laughs> but. Although if someone dies in Glasgow tonight, but it's going to sound a bit like no, suspicious. No, we'll be fine. Let's have some tennis. We didn't um, kill anyone. It was <laughs> indulgent of us. Well, it was stupid of us to ever indulge the idea of recording a show when we were drunk. I think this is beautiful. I have to admit that since I recorded my introduction to this broadcast... Oh, hmm. 20 odd minutes ago <laughs> 40 45 <laughs> I've become a lot more intoxicated actually Good, I am yeah, me more too. indulged during the Sylvia Plath I felt like we did something a bit poetic that I might have like really pushed the boat out I don't know what we've done <laughs> but the thing is that we've only got a few more minutes oh le- well let's stretch on Ellie I feel like I talked a lot this show and it's the penultimate show. And you can eat the rest of my chips. Thanks. Good job. You should eat the jalapeno on your plate. Well, do you know, tonight I did this thing where I spoke to maybe three or four people that I really felt um, were important in my life. Mm. And I just said to them, like, one thing. Like, I wanted to talk about it in gratitudes, but obviously we had that horrible time. Gratitudes. Anyone who listens to the gratitude show on it. Um but in in this situation, I think like while while, you know, our minds have got a sort of altered vibe. Mm-hmm. We love is do it sober and we'll do it sober, I think, personally and privately. But I think like for just the show, I think it's really are you I thought you were gonna spit on the floor. No, just a this beautiful Okay, so my v- all I want to say I know that we're stretching. <laughs> and I want you to talk for at least 10 minutes after this about your life and how Thanks beautiful you are. But my, yeah, what I want to talk about. No, fuck. I don't want to say that much. What I wanted to say was that, like, and we talked about it tonight, but just the general vibe is, like, for the last three and a half years, I know there's a feeling like sometimes we've had a bit of an argument, whatever. But the majority, we've had a really, really good time, I think. Uh-huh. I think we've had a time to the point that, like, it's almost like I don't remember moving in here or, like, like we've basically just lived... And, like, the thought of moving out, like, the thought of having to live with other people, it feels so, like, if like uh, it's going to happen, but it feels like... It's not going to happen, like, because I can't imagine anything 
other than just like us just being together and i think like it has been a lovely time we've had like while we're indulging mm-hmm. like i mean and i thought today i looked in my diary my diary today the strings have started to break in the center so the pages are falling apart and so i was flicking through and then just look like we made a whole i mean i know we're on show 51 but basically we've made a whole year of shows Mm. but even beyond that we've lived together for like nearly three and a half years Mm. so it's it's pretty amazing and i think it's beautiful and i just just give an indulgent five or six or ten minutes to that Mm. i think oh but all i wanted to say because it wasn't really about the show it was actually about you and uh, as insane as you are to live with in some ways (laughs) as Um. a person whenever anyone ever questions you in my presence and you're not there who dare (laughs) it's like yeah you're like you've got some nuts attributes but as a human being you're obviously like a really interesting uh, i was gonna uh, what i really want to say is like yeah you're an amazing human being no, but you know, like I know, but like, you are a pretty amazing human being. It's so someone that oh no, but you know, don't get upset. It's just I'm that like, you um, it's like everything. Despite anything, anything anyone could ever bring against you, you just really <laughs> you're like a, a film, and that's my favorite kind of human being. You're really just doing what you want to do with your life, in a in a, a really a really self-indulgent way. No, no, in a really like it's not about being self-indulgent because you don't give up on it. You just go for things, and that's beautiful. And you really push through for it. So, like, I mean, we can't live together because we're too different. But as people, or as you as a person. Like, you're a perfect inspirational character. Really great, really great human being. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so that's what I just wanted to say. <laughs> but it is the truth. And I'm sure you know that I think that anyway. But, like, yeah, you're, you're a great human. Stop it. I think I have to indulge in some music now. Take the pressure off. So we should indulge in something that uh, me and Oliver like to listen to, I suppose. Something really... I know we can't do Rihanna because we've already done that. Some Nolo. I know we can't do Nolo. What can we do? Something really indulgent. We'll like we're talking about Nolo on Twitter. But we've done uh, Yeah, Lady we've had a bit Gaga of Nolo. Yeah. Well. We never have some... What's that? What's that fucking woman that was around in the 2010 or something? LaRue? Can you remember LaRue? You loved a bit of LaRue. She was a pseudo-lesbian. What about some tattoo? It rhymes with LaRue and they're like... Oh no, what about the gossip? Gossip? Well, she's an actual lesbian. Well, let's play the human lesbian. Um, ding, ding, ding. Can't remember what they sound like anymore. The one that was the the one that was the fucking skin soundtrack. Yeah, love it. That's nice. We have to play that. I have to go to bed. 
But let's just fuck off. I was the end of the show. But you didn't talk about... I wanted to hear you talk. I was looking forward to you coming back in the second half. Oliver, you you start the second half. But we'll come. I'll come back in the the the, uh, the final show. Do an outro. You're not going to do an outro. I feel like we could talk for such a long time. I was going to well, say forever. I'm just going to say that Oliver. Um, you can't. We're say standing that. in the way of control. <laughs> And we've really got a bubble in the <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Bye. Bye-bye.